0: All right, if you've got your Bibles, we're in Jeremiah chapter 2 tonight. Jeremiah chapter 2. For most of our Christian life, we hear it's all about serving others. We put a lot of focus on others. We use the acrostic joy, Jesus first, others, and then yourself last spells out joy. And so we always put others in front of ourselves. And tonight, I don't want to contradict that idea but I do want to serve a warning because there is a significant danger when we make people the primary object of our service. Now, I know that we're looking at Habakkuk, and we're not done with Habakkuk. We're going to get back to him. But uh, last week, I had prepared this as a Sunday afternoon challenge, and, um, and then my voice went bye-bye, and I couldn't talk to you about it. So I wanted to bring this tonight and uh, this challenge because I think it will be a help to us uh, in Jeremiah chapter two, if you found it, we'll start reading with just one verse, and we'll look at other scriptures going through Jeremiah chapter two, and verse thirteen. For my people have committed two evils: they have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. I want to talk to you tonight for a few minutes about the danger in serving people. The danger in serving people. Father, I pray you'd help us in the next few minutes here. Certainly uh, that, that people would know where my heart is on this subject and hopefully what the Word of God has to say too. And we just pray that you would use it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Read this verse. There's, there's two things wrong in this verse. Number one, they left the one who is their fountain. But What it says, again... People committed two evils. They have forsaken the fountain of living waters. Psalm 36, nine says, for with thee is the fountain of life and in thy light shall we see light. So he is our fountain, but they forsook that fountain. And then they did the second thing that was a big mistake. They substituted what God had for them with broken cisterns. Now, I don't know. It's not, I guess, maybe that big of a thing anymore, but I grew up pretty commonly. People had cisterns, and it's a—it's not quite a well. It's a big hole in the ground, often under the porch. Or ours was kind of underneath one side of the house there, and and it collected rainwater essentially. Uh, it was common in the east where wells were scarce. And these tanks do not uh, give forth an ever flowing fresh supply of water. There's no spring attached to it. They just are a collection of rainwater when you have it. Uh, They can't even retain rainwater that well if there are any kind of stonework that within it that's broken. So the earth will then drink up the collected water that you have in the cistern. It's a picture, a good picture, of all earthly means of satisfying man's wants and our heart's desires. It can't happen. Nothing in this world will satisfy our heart's desires. No matter how much we think it will, it will not do so. We, we put a lot of emphasis, though, on how others see us. Listen to this quote. Be more concerned with your character than your reputation because your character is what you really are while your reputation is merely what others think you are. And so character, obviously, we put a much greater value on character than we do on reputation, although the Bible says a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. It's a good thing to have a good testimony, a good reputation, but the character is what's most important. Now, last week in our annual meeting, when this was supposed to be delivered, we chose some of our next year's servant leader positions. Uh, It's a chance to uh, organize opportunities for people to get involved in church ministry. Uh, Now, we have to serve God uh, and people will get served when we serve the Lord. Yet so often, if we're not careful, we make our primary purpose in church ministry and the things that we do in church, whatever, whatever capacity that might be, we make the mistake of primarily serving people. <clears throat> now, one thing before I even go any further that we need to lay down in concrete here, we're all in ministry. If you are a child of God, you're in ministry. In fact, the Bible says in Mark 16, 15, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Who is that given to? You say it was given to the apostles, yes, but not only the apostles. Uh, That, I believe, is given to every child of God, to all Christians. With all of our imperfections, with all of our weaknesses, with our strengths, with our joys, with our finances, our day jobs, our families, our talents, we choose to give all those things to Him who gave so much for us. And this is why we have communion. It's a reminder of everything that He has done for us. Holding nothing back, we are His mouthpiece, and we serve at His pleasure. We all agree... We are here to serve God. Amen? That's what we're here at Bible Baptist Church to do. Yet in this ministry of serving God, we find a danger. We are to serve people, yes. We're to serve others, yes. But not primarily. And in this message, I just want to point out some things that might be a help to you in just realizing the danger in serving people. Primarily, we are to serve Him. Primarily. Let me give you this verse, Ephesians 6.6, not with eye service, as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. Now, when we primarily serve to please people versus primarily serving to please God, several things are going to happen. Number one, you will become owed. In the service of God, it is no secret you'll make sacrifices. Turn your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Samuel chapter 22, (coughs) back a few books in 1 Samuel chapter 22. In this passage, we have the poster child for self-centered service. He was all about serving people but doing it selfishly. Saul, King Saul was not about serving God primarily. He was about serving others only to his own benefit. And this is what happened in verse number 6 of 1 Samuel 22. When Saul heard that David was discovered and the men that were with him, now Saul abode in Gibeah under a tree in Ramah, having his spear in his hand, and all his servants were standing about him. Then Saul said unto his servants that stood about him, Hear now, ye Benjamites, will the son of Jesse give every one of you fields and vineyards and make all of you captains of thousands and captains of hundreds? Stop, wait a minute now. You see what he's doing? Look at all I've done for you. I've made you captains. I've given you vineyards. I've made you rich. I have made you successful. Look at all that I've done for you. He was primarily serving people, but he was doing it selfishly, not serving God. And then this is this give him the idea or the attitude of being owed. Now look what he says next. That all of you have conspired against me. And there is none that showeth me that my son hath made a league with the son of Jesse. And there is none of you that is sorry for me. Boo-hoo, boo-hoo. This is a grown man talking here. There is none of you that is sorry for me or showeth unto me that my son hath stirred up my servant against me to lie in wait as at this day. Here is a man that is selfishly offended. He is, uh, because he feels in his mind, look at all I've done for you and yet none of you care enough to let me know what's going on here. He feels owed. And when you start serving people, you're going to feel owed. Uh, Saul felt that people owed him. And here's, he was a man here that feels wronged. He could have said what I have heard before, and maybe you've even said it or thought it. Nobody sees all that I do. You ever thought about that before? And you, guess what? If you're in ministry, that's absolutely true. Nobody will see all that you do. Uh, when you are serving primarily people, you will be easily offended as Saul was here. I'll give you an example. Pastoring isn't everything ministry. You, you, uh, I can just tell you now there's a lot of, lot of different things that go in pastoring ministry. I have, uh, I get involved in different things, helping people, visiting people. I had to go one time. Uh, and I went to Brother Jeremy's place, and he made me carry calves. And one of the calves did something on one of my arms. I'm not going to tell you what it was, but it was not pretty, okay? Um, and, uh, but, you know, just wanting to help him out and and uh, doing different things. Pastoring is an everything ministry. So uh, people don't know what I do. That's okay. It's okay. You know why? Because I'm not primarily doing it for people. I'm doing it for the Lord. And if we start serving just for the pure purpose of everybody else seeing what we're doing and we want to make sure everybody notices what I'm doing we're going to be very easily offended and we'll be like Saul sitting under a tree sucking our thumb crying boohoo because people don't care about me the way they should if it's for people you're going to feel owed I read uh, heard a story actually years ago uh, in a Baptist church and uh, they found this out years after it had happened for years that every Sunday, a deacon who counted the offering, uh, took out $20 out of the offering, uh, to take his family to lunch on that Sunday afternoon. He did it for years. And his reasoning when he was called out on it or he was discovered was, nobody knows all I do for this church and it's the least they could do for me. He used to give me that. That's serving people, not serving God. And you'll feel easily offended. By the way, I pat Brother Jeremy down every Sunday, so I know that he's not taking anything out of here. He doesn't do that, okay? You're not here to please men. You're here to please God, primarily, all right? Now, we please God, we'll be more apt to please people. Galatians 1.10. Here's an important verse for you. For do I now persuade men or God? Do I seek to please men? For Listen to this. For if I yet pleased men... I should not be a servant of Christ. That's some pretty strong language there. If you are serving God in the church, but you do what you do primarily to serve people or to please people, you can't call yourself a servant of Christ. That's a pretty strong statement, but there it is. So what do we have to do then? We have to determine whose servant we are going to be. If you are serving primarily to please people, then you are not serving as a servant of Christ, but you're serving as a servant of people. And I, for one, would like to be a servant of the one who knows, who is all-knowing, all-seeing. He sees my motive, and guess what? He sees everything that you do. And that's a blessing. So you'll become owed. Secondly, serving people, and again, Understand, I hope you know my heart. I'm not talking about how we shouldn't do anything for others. I'm talking about primarily our focus uh, being to please people rather than God. The second thing that will happen is you'll become owned. Not only will you be owed, you'll become owned. And when people become owned, what I'm talking about there is they'll say and do things uh, based on or depending on whether or not it pleases other people. You are serving the wrong master if you do that. I have found in my experience that you cannot live to please men and be successful. You just can't. That is that is exhausting to try to please people. And uh, if you do that, uh, here, here's a great verse. 1 Thessalonians 2.15. I love this verse because this just encapsulates the thought I'm trying to make here. Uh, this is what Paul compares them to the Jews here, this idea. Who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us, and they please not God, and they're contrary to all men. Now, isn't that a pickle to be in? They're trying to please people, but they're not pleasing people or God. So in trying to do everything for everybody, they're not pleasing God, number one, because they're not serving Him, and they're not pleasing people either. And so uh, th- th- which when we try to please everyone, we find often that we'll please no one. If you seek first to please God and are satisfied therein, you have but one to please instead of multitudes. And a multitude of masters is hardlier pleased than one. How true that is. It's a lot easier to please one than it is to please a multitude. And so we need to be a servant of Him. We need to be primarily seeking to please the Lord. You'll become owed, you'll become owned, and then you'll become spent. Serving men is serving out of a limited supply. Can I tell you that God's intent for ministry is not to frustrate us? It's not so that we would run on empty and be burnt out all the time. In fact, he said in John 10, 10, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And this is where a big contrast is found here because there is so much freedom in just trying to please one rather than trying to please everyone. And if you are in any type of leadership position, you know this is so true. If you try to please everyone, uh, you'll end up pleasing no one in the end. Though, will owe the freedom of trying to please one. John Lygate said it this way. You can please some of the people all of the time. You can please all of the people some of the, some of the time, but you cannot please all of the people all of the time. And when you start trying to do that, you'll end up frustrated and uh, it, it is not the, it's not the attitude we should have in ministry. But if you're living to please God, this will take care of the majority of your frustrations. And it's so freeing because then you only have to question one thing. Is it Does it please the Lord or does it not? That's the only question we have to ask ourselves. And guess what? Sometimes it'll please the Lord and it won't please everybody. Not everybody will be pleased. When I, uh, from time to time, will preach on certain subjects. Sometimes they're a little bit sensitive subjects and... Sometimes it even goes as far as to upset people but I don't uh, I, I never try to be rude or I never try to be purposely upsetting to anybody but there are times and I, I'd be honest with you of sitting in my office and I'm I'll have a thought or I have something and I feel I feel like the Lord gave it but I struggle with it because if I say that it might be offensive or it might it might hurt somebody and yet if the, I don't ask myself will it make, That person happier. Will it make that person upset? I first have to ask, does God want me to say this? Does God want me to bring that? And that's what we should make our decision making there. Number four. If we are primarily pleasing people, we will become bitter. Here's a news flash for you. There's bitter people in ministry. There's bitter people in the church. What happens when we serve others and some of them don't receive it? We can become bitter. We can become angry about it. A few years ago, I was, uh, it was after VBS, and this was back before we had a youth pastor and interns to help. So, uh, it was just a handful of us just did it all. And we were, uh, I remember us sitting at right back where the Jeremy is right now at the, on the last night. And everybody had been dismissed. The kids are almost all gone. And, uh, you know, I don't know. If you help with VBS, you know what I'm talking about. You're like a worn out dish rag, just, ah. Uh, you know, finally it's all over. Oh, I hate kids. Why do we have kids around here? You know, th- those thoughts that you have with VBS. And uh, that passes after a few days. But, but uh, there, I, I'm just completely worn out. And somebody walks up and he has a notebook paper. And uh, he had been here most of the week on and off. I hadn't helped, but he had just been here. And he had a notebook paper of what he thought was a list of about 20 things, mistakes that we made through VBS that's such a blessing, isn't it? Oh, that's wonderful. You've just worked yourself to a frazzle all week long. And here's somebody loves you enough to walk up. Here's what I think you did wrong this week. I didn't help, but I am just going to give you this idea right now. Now, what happens? What happens there? Now, you know what happens. You can get bitter about that, can't you? I mean, you can, first of all, I uncurled my fist. Okay. Uh, and and what you you can approach that two different ways. You can get angry, or you can get bitter, or you can get discouraged, or you can say, you know what? I mean, I didn't say it audibly, but I'm thinking, didn't do it for you, did it for the Lord, did it for these kids. And uh, and, and when we have God as our main uh, avenue, of this is who we're trying to please. Then we're not crushed when somebody is not pleased. You understand? But if you're trying to please people and you're wanting to make everyone happy, and one person isn't, it can crush you. So uh, if we really know to the best of our ability we're doing what God wants us to do, then we can handle resistance without bitterness. Don't let people become a primary focus in your ministry. If you do, then you'll only be happy to the extent of how others treat you. You don't want that to be the barometer because people are, well, people are nasty sometimes. They just are because they're people, okay? And so we want to we want to look at the serving the Lord. This is uh, why people would say what they said in Malachi 3.14. You have said, it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it? We have kept his ordinance. We have walked mournly, mournfully before the Lord of hosts. Well, that's a bad attitude. It is, is it vain to serve God? No, of course it isn't vain to serve God. But sometimes we can be in the work of the ministry. If our focus isn't on him, then we're going to get ourselves very discouraged very quickly. Doing the right things for the wrong reasons will not satisfy you. I tell you today, it is not vain to serve God, but it can be vain to serve people. I remember when I got into ministry very early on, just as a young man right out of Bible college, and uh, I was working with young people, and my pastor told me one time that uh, to always remember, folks are folks, he always said that, and he always said, people will people. That's the problem with people. Uh, I've, I've heard the statement preachers have made, well, church ministry would be great if you didn't have all the people. That's garbage. Well, you wouldn't have a ministry without people, amen? But people will people. And sometimes people aren't that nice, and sometimes they'll say things and, and even be hurtful, maybe not even meaning to be hurtful, but uh, who are we trying to serve? If you serve people, you'll eventually have problems. You cannot stay in any ministry for any amount of time, without having some problems and facing some conflicts, I heard about the one man who was on a desert island for 25 years, and he finally got rescued after 25 years of being on this desert island. And when he, when they were pulling away from the beach while he was on the ship, they're looking back at where he had been all this time, and and they see three buildings, and they said, "What are, what are those buildings?" Said, "Well, that's my uh, home. That's where I lived." and so the second building there, that's my church. That's where I go to church. Uh, of course, it was just him, you know, on the island. And he said, but I built that. That's where I go to church. And they said, well, what about the third building? He says, oh, that's where I used to go to church. But, you know, there's problems there. There's going to be issues in every ministry you're in. Sometimes you can serve your heart out and people don't get it. Sometimes you work and <coughs> put together a class and <coughs> or plan an activity or Planet meal, whatever it is, and something falls apart and there's criticism and nobody knows all the work that went behind it, but can I tell you, he does. He understands and he sees it. And your reward does not come from people. It comes from him. So let's serve him. Let's look to please him. This will be a fountain in your life, not just a broken cistern. Working to try to please people is a broken cistern. Working to please him is a fountain. Uh, The danger of serving people. Number five, if we serve people as a primary focus, we can become prideful. We become prideful very quickly. Uh, in our effectiveness, people start bragging. Wow, you did a great job here. You did a wonderful job here. That's a uh, you know people start bragging on you. That's good to be encouraging like that. But we better be careful that these things don't go to our head. Can I encourage you? Just take your biscuits and your couple of dried fish and let God feed the multitudes with them. Just teach your kids in your small Sunday school class. Let God honor you. Just clean the bathrooms or work in the nursery. (laughs) Work in the nursery. Do whatever God has you doing and just do it to his glory and let him use you in it. And uh, it's not, and don't want to burst anybody's bubble, but it's not about you. It isn't. Nothing in this church is about you. It's not about me either. You know what would happen tomorrow if I fell off the edge of our flat earth? Uh, I would, I would be, you know what would happen? It would uh, go on. Bible Baptist Church would go on, wouldn't it? It would continue. And so it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him. And so let's put our focus on that. We can become prideful. Matthew 10, 42. I love this verse. And whatsoever shall give to drink, whosoever shall give to drink unto one of those little ones, a cup of cold water, only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. And I'm glad for that. Do you remember every cup of cold water you've ever given out? I don't, but he does. Isn't that wonderful? And you'll in no wise lose your reward. Number six, here's a big one. You serve people primarily, you'll become fearful. You'll become fearful. You'll be in a constant state of acceptance. If I say this, what will happen? If I do that, what will happen? Will they be upset with me? Will they be upset with me? Uh, Constantly worried. And listen, we all like acceptance. I have a special file in my uh, in on in my desk uh, hanging folder that's big fat stuffed with thank you cards. I love thank you cards. I like getting them. I like when people take the time to write out a thank you card and it means something to me I'm sure you probably like thank you cards too and uh, they they write something sweet about your thank you that for doing this or that. We like acceptance all of us do there's nothing wrong with that that's natural, but we'd better be careful that we don't make that our primary reason for what we do for the Lord. There's nothing like seeing our work honored by God. And we want to see that, and that's what we ought to live for. Now, if we make God the primary in our service, we've talked about the danger in serving people, but let's turn it around. If we make God the primary of our service, uh, we will serve people with the right kind of love. As we serve God primarily, others will be served. Let me make this statement. You can serve people while not serving God. Did you know that? You can serve people, but you're not serving God. But you cannot serve God without also serving people. And so when you, if you're seeking the wrong one, you'll get your, you, you get all out of whack in your ministry. And so you'll serve people with the right kind of love, the agape love that Jesus talks about. Serve the master and your master will use your ministry for others, Spend and be spent. 2 Corinthians 12, 15, Paul said this, And I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. <laughs> that's, boy, I could stop and park there. The more I love you, the less I'm loved. You ever been there before? Well, you've raised teenagers, haven't you? The more I love you, the less I'm loved. Uh, that, sometimes that's the case in ministry, too. You pour your heart out for a group of people and you are criticized or not appreciated for what you're doing. And Paul said, I'll gladly spend for you, and I'll gladly be spent for you. Why? Because I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for him. And that makes all the difference in the world. You will not serve people well if they are your focus. You will not serve people well if they're your primary focus. Often we see in the Bible a whole verse, the idea is changed with noticing one word in it. If you've got your Bible still open to 1 Corinthians 3, um, well, you don't because we're in Jeremiah, but in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 13, every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what, here's the one word, sort it is. Did you hear that? Your stand before Christ your works that you've done for him on this earth, they're going to be judged. You're going to bring, let's just imagine a trophy. Well, it's not what the Bible says specifically, but I think visually. You're going to bring your trophy. we uh, I, I worked at a Christian school, a church with a Christian school for years, and we had a trophy case. We had a kids' basketball trophies. They had. We had a basketball team and a, and a volleyball team, soccer team. They had gotten trophies. And in that trophy case, uh, it's a Christian school, so they're not real gold, okay? They're just uh, wood and plaster. But they're beautiful. But You take one of those beautiful trophies and then uh, put a flamethrower to it, and it's going to be nothing but just a bunch of dust and ashes. And that's what this idea is. So we bring this. It might look good. Oh, I did this. I did that. I did all this. I built a big ministry, and so I got this big, beautiful trophy. That's okay. Put it at Jesus' feet. A flamethrower hits it. The fire shall reveal what the word is. Sort it is. Not size. Oh, I'm glad for that. I'm glad it's not size. It's what sort it is. And so he will determine the big question, why you do what you do. That's what we will be judged for when we stand before Christ. It's kind of scary, isn't it? I think that's why Paul referred to that day as knowing this, the terror of the Lord. Because one day we're we'll going to stand before him, said, yeah, you did this. Sure. You taught a Sunday school class. Yeah. You drove a bus or uh, you worked in the church or you pastored or you did this, uh, all these different things. But now, when the fire comes, it tells you why you did what you did. All of a sudden, it looks at your motives. And now it comes back to, were you doing it to please Him, or were you doing it to please others? Or build a name for yourself, or build up your own kingdom. Do you see what I'm talking about? The danger of serving people? Man, there's all kinds of dangers when we try to uh, make it... Because really, serving people is more selfish than serving the Lord and leaving all the glory to Him. So, the second thing that will happen, and I'm not, will run out of time, uh, our focus becomes fixed. When we serve primarily to please God, our focus will become fixed. In Acts chapter 7, it tells a story about the stoning of Stephen. And he's preaching to them. Man, I like Stephen's preaching. He is like, uh, uh, he's got a backbone when he preaches. I like preachers that aren't scared. And he gets up and he is ripping into these guys. Preaching the, and they're so mad, these grown men stopped their ears. Have you ever seen a kid do that? Not listening to you anymore? That's what they did. These grown men put their fingers in their ears, they couldn't hear him anymore. Evidently, they could still hear him because they got madder and madder as he kept preaching. And so, and he's offering them living water, but they didn't receive him anything he said. In fact, they started throwing stones at him. They started to stone Stephen and they ended up killing him on the spot. But what did Stephen do? How did he respond? Did he get angry? when a first stone bounced off his head or his side there and, and he's preaching. Yeah, that's exactly why I'm preaching to you, bunch of heathens. Did he get mad? No, because his focus was on Christ. I think this is interesting. In, cha- in chapter uh, 7, verse 55, but he being full of the Holy Ghost, looking steadfastly to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, behold, I see the heavens open in the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. That's how he responded to persecution. His focus was on Christ, not on what people were doing to him. And what did that lead to? It led to the Christ-like prayer for his prayer to forgive those that are doing this, Just like Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. And uh, what a blessing that is. Uh, he, you're able to respond to negative behavior, uh, criticism, rocks being thrown at you, uh, when you put your, fix your focus on Christ, not on people. I just need to go to a different church. I need different surroundings. No, you need a different focus. Because a different focus will change your attitude in ministry. When we put our focus to Christ instead of putting our focus on other people and how they treat us. All too often I've found myself in the place of pleasing men and not Christ. I, I'll admit it freely because I think you probably have too. We uh, find ourselves where we're trying to please people and we get filled very quickly with our own achievements and our own efforts. And that's where we'll make statements like, look at all I do. Nobody knows all that I do, but he does. And he knows your heart. He knows your intentions behind it. He knows your motives and he sees and rewards all. And I want to tell you tonight, make him your focus. Don't make... Our focus is uh, pleasing people. If we are people pleasers, the Bible says we are not a servant of Christ. Can we put that as our focus tonight? And uh, I think that'll be a help to us. Um, I had a little more, but we'll have to get it to it another time. But I'm grateful for you. And I hope that that's a challenge to you because I think that we talked this morning in Sunday school about unity, about having one focus. We're one church, one family, with one focus, one directive, And as we unify behind that purpose that we are here for as Bible Baptist Church, then we're going to have a massive impact on the community around us. And if we add to that this morning our unity that every single one of us is looking to please Him primarily, you're going to have a lot less conflict. You'll have a lot less church fights. You'll have a lot less issues if we all make Him our primary goal. Because if Brother Alan is seeking to please Jesus and I'm seeking to please Jesus. We're probably going to get along. Right? But if I'm looking to please Howard and I'm looking to please Pastor Forsberg and they disagree about something and now I'm in a bind, I don't know which direction to go because he'll be upset if I say that and he'll be upset if I do that. And, and you, we get ourselves all bent out of shape. But if we live to please one, it's a whole lot easier. You'll be less stressed. You'll be less discouraged and you will have a singular focus, because the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, and that we want to be stable in our service. Father, we thank you for this passage, and